Welcome to the Heart Tech Podcast, a show about innovation, technology, and leadership. This podcast is brought to you by The Heart and powered by Avenue Media. This is podcast number 16. Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Hard Tech Podcast. Today on the topic of Agile and our guest today is Joel Nichols. Hi. Hello. Thank you for having me. So let's just start by explaining your role at Merck and how it connects to the topic of Agile and digital transformation. Sure. So I'm the head of software and automation within our process solutions division of life science. And um, so what that means is we're bringing digital ways of working with our products to our customers and um, so that we can get closer to our customers' needs and, and deliver on them in a faster fashion. Now, Agile is probably one of the hot topics, again, and, and one of the buzzwords right now. Uh, what does Agile really mean to you and to Merck? It's a great question. Um, I think if I look back to what I originally intended when we decided to go Agile, I knew it was a software development methodology that could be used, and it was a way in which we could deliver more quickly. But if I look at what Agile has become and what it actually is intended to be, it's a new way of working. It's a way of meeting business objectives and customer objectives and to evolve more quickly, to be able to pivot more quickly so that you're not stuck into something that doesn't really fit the strategy as the world evolves around us at a much faster rate than it once did. And it, in what way is that way of working different in, in practical terms? So what, what do you really do differently? Yeah, so part of it is, is, is the way you measure. I mean, the, the, the mantra of fail fast is, is easy to say. I think it's very difficult to do. But what you can do is you can set up your your criteria so that you're quickly looking and saying, are we hitting our objectives? Um, and by doing it very early, you might figure out that not only are we not hitting them, but we need to make a quick change or completely stop what we're doing in this particular aspect. These retrospectives that come with any of the different uh, ceremonies or any of the aspects of, of Agile, I've, I've learned I want to apply everywhere because we need to be able to make these changes so that we continuously improve. Uh, continuous improvement's been an engineering aspect for, I think, centuries. But um, the way that we do this has always kind of eluded engineers, I believe. And it's something I feel very strongly that Agile has delivered to our organization. I saw in your presentation about Agile uh, this example of a person explaining to someone to draw a, a, a bird and, and then asking for feedback. Do you want this bird like this? And then reiterating till you have the final requirements as a, as a good uh, metaphor of, of how Agile it, it does those sprints and iterations and gets constant feedback. Do you use the same approach in your work with your internal or external clients? Absolutely. Um, that's, that's a big part of what we're doing internally is to figure out each iteration what's changing. And, um, you know, especially early on in, in the program, so much was evolving and changing. Um, but for various reasons, we even recently in the last year had some some shift in, in strategy overall to where we were asked to do something fundamentally different than what we were originally starting to, to build from a program standpoint. Uh, because of Agile, we were able to make that shift, not confuse our developers on what they were doing, not radically change the overall vision, but make a strong pivot to where we could continue to work on what was done, but deprioritize it in the backlog to where we met the new objectives that aligned perfectly where the, the, the new strategy was going. Agile is often compared to waterfall methods. And can you explain the real the difference and, and the culture clash somehow that is created in cultures where typically people were planning long-term on Gantt charts, whatever, 
and we're expecting the same kind of deliverables in the agile process. Absolutely. It's, um, you know, Waterfall still has its place. And uh, there's times when Waterfall makes sense, especially if you have a very clear outcome um, that you, uh, you're you creating something that's been done before and it's just a, a new slight variation on that or a rollout of a particular uh, ERP system. There's a lot of reasons why you would want to just go ahead and use a proven methodology because you can set up everything in advance. You then know exactly what needs to be done. You can move to each phase. And by moving to each phase in sequence, it allows you to maintain a, a state of control. Where Waterfall breaks down, where Agile becomes a preferred process is when you're really just giving yourself a false state of control. You know, for employees, for anyone who's worked in a large organization, they often have objectives. And you set those objectives at the beginning of the year, and then people finish them at the end of the year, and you compare how well did someone meet their objectives. This is a bit like Waterfall as well. It becomes challenging in a dynamic workforce. For myself and most of my employees, and uh, I think if we're honest at most of these, uh, most companies today, we get to halfway through the year and we realize our objectives changed anywhere from a little to fundamentally different. And it's the same thing that happens with the waterfall methodology. You you get halfway into the project and you realize I'm finishing something and I don't know really if it's something that the customer wants anymore. The customer doesn't even know if that's what they want anymore. Um, they may have wanted it, but does it really drive the most value to them? And then the last piece of where it's frustrating is, is being able to deliver something more quickly with the whole idea of iterations. Why does a customer want to wait till the very end if 80% of the value comes in the first 20% of the product? And that's where the idea of this minimal viable product comes in. It gets it in the customer's hands as quickly as possible. And at some point, you could stop. You don't need to build the rest of the product if it only provides very minimal value. Agile is a mindset, really, but it also comes with methods and tools. Uh, and probably people connect it somehow with Scrum and Kanban boards, whatever. What are the real practical ways that you, I can see that you're using Agile at Merck? Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, it's a big piece. Again, being a, being a trained software engineer and then working with engineers my entire career, we like to measure and have predictability. And I think that was really one of the misnomers I had that caused me not to want to go into Agile for many years. It, it feels like you've lost control, but that's not the case at all. What you actually find is you're building a system, and the system becomes repeatable and predictable. And if I was to say what you would notice um, today and how you know we have a methodology and how you know it's working well is you'd be able to see velocity charts. So now you'd be able to have a combination of features on our backlog, which would say, here's, here's what we're going to do in the next program increment. As we go in, we're going to deliver on, on these key features. But they're always subject to change, reprioritization. And I want that until the last possible minute. And then you would say, well, at what point do I expect that these features will get done? And I can show you several months and even years worth of features of when they'll be done, provided there would be no change in priorities based on the velocity of the teams and the expected sizing of those features. The reality is, is it's best to make sure people understand we're going to change the priorities so the things that are a year out probably won't actually get delivered then because we won't want them to be delivered then. And that's really where the beauty of Agile is. But I'm finding that I'm surprised how predictable the outcomes can be compared to Waterfall because you in Waterfall build your Gantt chart and you think something's going to be a certain size. But all the things you encounter because you incur your risk much later, it makes it difficult then to, to get through and to make those adjustments. 
Agile lets you take a lot of that risk early, and by de-risking, you have a more predictable process. We said that some mindset change. Where do you see that being the hardest for, for the business teams, for people in IT in general, in the organization? In what way is that mindset shift tough? There's a lot. Um, it's one thing to say it, but then to feel like you give up some state of control. To allow a team to operate very independently, to do things differently than you would do yourself. Uh, as a leader, you have to challenge how much you're willing to let go of control. In order to build a high-functioning organization, are you willing to let people make decisions which may not be the same way you've done it? The self-organizing team aspect is a little scary at first. And then your metrics aren't there at first because they're bouncing around. Velocity is different. The teams are still kind of forming. So to predict when something's going to be done is difficult when you're the one, such as myself, who's accountable to management for delivery. And you're trying to make sure your management understands, can't give you a clear picture today. When I step back, it's the way it's always been. But we've always had a false sense of security and saying, here's when I'm going to be done. I know exactly we've done all of our, all of our upfront work. And usually what you end up doing is working extra hours, bringing in extra bodies, or just being late, or sometimes all three of those. Agile, and sometimes building features nobody wants just because they were on the original spec. Exactly, exactly. Agile is such a different philosophy then because you instead can set things and it gets predictable, but it does take some time. Do you work with external customers being part of that prioritization process? Because of the work we're doing today, not so much. The way we've built our program, I absolutely expect that in the future. And our external customers are a big part of our voice of the customer, which is a, a, a very key component of Agile. Um, because as you, you just rightly pointed out, we don't want to build the things that they don't want. And so, um, and I, I have the luxury, I was a customer <laughs> before I joined. So I still wear the customer hat. And there's things I think I want. But when you put a price tag on it, I, I suddenly have a change of heart. And I might mm -hmm. say that uh, I, think, I think I could live without that. And so to be able to measure that quickly allows you to pivot as needed. Can you give example of one or of two projects that you run in that way? How did we really work being built? In yeah, so a lot, a lot of what we're doing, I'll do my best to try to give some at the same time because I don't have a product on market. I'm, I'm trying to not give too much information out there, but um, you know, I don't mind kind of sharing that the, the program we're doing, this, this, which uses a lot of new digital tools, we, we set forth a kind of a vision overall of how this ties into bioprocessing. How can we get the, uh, our customers a way of manufacturing and developing uh, bioprocessing medicines more quickly? And that involves equipment and consumables that we have. And so we, um, we started with those ideas, and we've got then some some you know high-level epic these big ideas and we you decompose those down which again for those my friends out there in, in waterfall um it's it's the same decomposition we've always done just with with new terms and a new way of looking at it and the new way of looking is through a customer lens so we we take those ideas down and bring it down now some of those are brand new and something we've never done those are perfect for an agile scrum type of environment we also have some aspects with legacy products that we need to make changes to or to update. What I found, I always thought that we would be stuck with those still in Waterfall. You can still take the Agile mindset and use a Kanban and allow the team to execute on Kanban. And that still gives you some of the Agile mindsets. And at the same time, you uh, allow to keep a consistency so that from a metric standpoint, 
and uh, some of the other aspects of Agile that, that I like, which is right-sizing your requirements, not trying to do something too big, you can still take advantage of, well, not overhauling a team that is effectively already working well on delivering some of those legacy products. Many companies see that internally they don't have the capacity or the team or the skills to do all the agile innovation in-house that they need. And they try to plug in other external startups and agile partners to fill in g gaps on their architecture. Do you see that as well in your approach? We keep an open mindset. A lot of what we've done is bring in people with agile experience. But there are a number of us that are running Agile for the first time, and uh, that's, that's also a challenge. Uh, it's one thing to want to change. It's another thing to be able to change. And so uh, looking at it through, through that lens, we have been opportunistic and looked out there at potentially bringing in um, partners and, and customers and external vendors, and we do a little bit of all of those in, in, at the right moment. But it has to fit things like fitting our, our enterprise architecture, um, and also fitting what the business needs are or a company that, that's already proving they can be the right kind of partner that we want to do business with. If they combine that and they have agile experience, that's a helpful start. But I also find that um, a lot of people have agile experience but maybe didn't make the whole mindset shift themselves. And so uh, we still sometimes have some grooming to do and coaching. And, and it's always a journey. That's the important thing. People who come in with Agile experience still have additional room to grow and to change, uh, including myself. And I, I, that's where we have coaching and continue to push that forward because there's, there's a lot of room still that we can make improvements. Okay, great. Last point. Do you have any favorite books or publications on, on Agile that you would recommend to people that got interested and maybe want to consider going into it? There are a lot out there, so I'm almost hesitant to make any <laughs> recommendations because uh, there might be, but a couple that, that come to mind just because they're more recent for me. You know, really, I would focus for anyone out there who's a leader and considering this, there are several books on lean leadership, so I won't make any individual recommendation there, but I, I recommend really understanding what lean leadership is. Take that to heart, because if you can't be a lean leader, then you're going to find that your agile transformation is difficult. And apply that also to the rest of your organization. Make sure that they're along for the journey. If you're looking for Scrum and some things there, there's a book called Scrum that does a lot, um, that tells you um, a lot of the ins and outs at, at a nice detailed view of, of what that can do. And uh, the other book that comes to mind, and this is because we've been growing so fast as an organization, Maybe it's less to do with Agile as it is just rapid growth organizations. It's called uh, uh, Teams of Teams. And um, it is helpful because it, it lets you know that just because someone's a good manager doesn't mean that they have the skills required to be a great director tomorrow. And so how do you help them get what's needed? It doesn't mean that they can't do it, but we all have to shift. And we're constantly shifting as our organization is, is changing and growing. And uh, I found that that was that's some very helpful insights there. Thank you very much for those tips and good luck with uh, making uh, this agile transformation at Merck. Great. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed being here. Thank you for listening to the Heart Tech Podcast. If this was encouraging to you, be sure to help us by leaving a review on iTunes. Email your comments, questions, and or thoughts to contact at theheart.tech. See you on the next episode. 